Hi, Rob. Hey, Jersey. Well, it's good what? to hear your voice again, but I can't see you because we're doing an audio-only thing called a rebroadcast, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes we do that. It's due to a variety of things in our calendars and whatnot, and an opportunity to say that we've made over 300 interesting, useful uh, updates to this show where we delve into so many different topics. And I thought you picked a really interesting one for us to look back at to rebroadcast today. Um, yeah. Episode 263. Episode 263 from February of 2019, so a little over a year ago, and it's uh, called Public Art Drops. And it, it occurred to me that our last episode uh, was about looking at Creative Challenge season and what we're, we're thinking about doing with it. And one of the creative challenges, one of the many creative challenges people could take on, it usually involves doing some kind of daily drawing. And I thought this might be a good follow-up for food for thought for thinking about what becomes of the art you generate during your creative challenge. And in the case of public art drops, we explore sort of the philosophy out of uh, the philosophy of creating incidental encounters with art, telling stories about. You know, other people who do art drops, uh, public artists like David Zinn, who draws these uh, ephemeral chalk drawings all over the streets of Ann Arbor. And then at the time when this was recorded, I was doing art drops uh, every week when I went bowling with my bowling team. And, you know, in between turns, I would sketch out and paint a little tiny watercolor painting and just hide it someplace in the bowling alley, hopefully hoping that kids would find it. Um, so what is what is why do art that you leave in public is the big question we look at. Like, what are, what are some of the benefits to you? What are the benefits to the public? How, how does uh, creating art that's meant to be abandoned change the way that you approach the art, too? So all of that is in this episode. It was a fun conversation. Uh, I, I have a fond memory of, of having this conversation mm -hmm. with you. So uh, it yeah. was it was neat to to explore because I know it's something that that I've I have watched you do and I have I have considered but never um, uh, just didn't find my own way to navigate it. It gives me good ideas even if even if it's something that I don't know for sure if I'm going to do public art drops, but it but it's fun it's a fun as a what if like so what if I did and and go through that exercise and hear uh, hear your approach. So we'll get started in just a moment, but first we have to thank some people who make this show possible, and those are the folks who support us on Patreon. Yes, patreon.com slash art is the website. What is it? It's a way for you to give us a monthly upvote. If you believe in what we're doing here at leanintoart.com, you can support us and help make it more sustainable for as little as a dollar a month, and I want to thank five people who have been doing exactly that. First up, Shawnee Redfern. Thank you, Shawnee, for believing in us and what we do. You can find Shawnee on Twitter at Shawnee Redfern. And Brandon Dayton. Thank you, Brandon. It means a lot to us. You can find Brandon on Twitter at Brandon Dayton. And Ben, ben Odgren. Thank you, Ben. Uh, your support means a lot to us. You can find Ben on Twitter at Ben Odgren. And Dotto. Uh, thank you, Dotto, for believing in us and what we do. You can find Dotto on Twitter at Dottotronic. And Chris Watkins. Thank you, Chris. You can join them all at patreon.com slash leanintoart where you will find all the shows we make as well as the Extra Leans, the shows we record only for people who support us on Patreon. Um, and those posts become an open mic thread. We can talk about whatever you want in a safe space with fellow leaners and to get you access to the Lean Into Art Discord. Uh, we have a forum where you can hang out with us 
and you know post some of your work in progress do some social posts there are public channels and there are channels just for the people who support us on patreon patreon.com slash lena to thanks to everybody who's been supporting us there it means a lot it really does thank you so much all right you ready to do it yeah let's start with this public art drops episode Hi, and this is the Lean Into Art podcast, where a couple of uh, visual storytellers get together and talk about the, the, the topics that enthrall us related to uh, making comics, making video games, and just the whole the lifestyle around it, where it's like you're, you're, this might be your main gig, it might be your side gig. Either way, it's an interesting set of work that we can learn a lot by making stuff and then thinking about it and talking about what we made and all that. Hi, I am Rob Stenzinger, one of your co-hosts, and I'm a user experience designer, and I also make video games. And with me is co-host... Hi, I'm Jersey Drozd. I am a cartoonist and teaching artist, which is to say a person who makes graphic novels and then teaches people how to make graphic novels. How are you doing, Rob? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, you sound a lot different this week. <laughs> I'm I, I'm, I'm uh, calling in from my bunker, apparently, when you look behind me. Um, yeah, and I'm without my audio equipment. I'm actually talking to you over my Logitech webcam. Sorry. Apologies to everybody who is like, you know, uh, really enjoys the audio quality of the show. This one's going to have a little bit of a dip in it because um, I'm... All of my equipment is in two places right now because I'm in the process of moving. Totally understandable. But yeah, it's, it's, um, it's been a while. Sometimes, you know, we've had audio issues in the past. I think our audience has been overall pretty understanding um, as long as it isn't the extreme situation of like f- forgot to attach the file like I did <laughs> different things in the past. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's um, you know, it's part of the adventures of, um, you know, you we, we we already shared on the on the recent episode how how you and Anne are moving, and that's uh, well side projects continue during life potentially. Well, you know, <laughs> we, um, yes, I, I think it's great you made time to be able to um, to do a recording tonight. So thanks. Well, no, I mean you know this is a fun thing to do, um, and yes, side projects continue. Uh, hopefully, presumably, but for those who haven't heard, yes, uh, Ann and I are, and the reason I'm saying this is because I'm still getting like notifications in my feeds from people saying like, what, what what's this, you're moving? Yes, uh, Ann and I are moving to Columbus, Ohio, which is three hours south of Ann Arbor because Ann uh, accepted a position at the Billy Ireland uh, Cartoon Library and Museum, which is a marvelous, marvelous place. It is a museum of original comics art. It's a dream job, but, People ask me, well, what does this mean for A2CAF? Ann and I are staying on as co-organizers of the Ann Arbor Comic Arts Festival, because after all, it's only three hours south. So we will be there in June. Uh, what is it? Father's Day weekend. Um, so we'll see you there if you decide to come. But uh, we're going to stay on, on that project as long as we can, because it's a project that's very near and dear to our hearts. And then what am I going to do? Am I going to continue teaching? I don't know yet. I'm going to go, I'm moving to Columbus and I'm going to invest in some of my comics projects for a while and then uh, maybe look into picking up some teaching work down there. I'm sure there's going to be places for me to go. Um, 
and i still have a pretty full schedule of like school visits and like one off workshops at libraries around the midwest so i'm not too worried that i'm going to stop teaching anytime soon but it's definitely a time of transition and you know anybody who's moved house you know it's an intense time of transition but this will feel like a relaxing break to think about creativity and talk about art and talk about communicating visually rather than lifting big heavy things and putting them over there no not there put them in there okay let's move them over here let's try this <laughs> good well good this is a break that's uh i i'm glad and uh, yeah I, I do recall it was uh three years ago uh kate and i moved not as far as as you and Anne, but uh still yeah house of stuff is a significant thing to to manage and all that but um I, well here we are right we have a topic and mm -hmm. uh it turns out it's not moving but that could be interesting too right dealing with all the um like keep I, th I think we've had some related enough uh, you know, uh episodes before but um uh yeah keeping things going while you're moving or not or and and juggling or pausing or whatever juggling as a metaphor where it's like even if you're juggling that's like two balls you, you're never or three you're never holding all three at once right um except for when you start <laughs> so there's always something you know you chuck it in the air and that can give you time to anyway there you go there's a mini episode on moving but no we're here to talk about uh something that you do that i've always admired from afar and have have wrestled with think you know thinking of maybe trying and, and stuff so I'm, I'm looking forward to talking with you about these public art drops public um, art drops yeah. yeah um which i first heard of uh by way of jake parker who um you know many people know who he is um but you can find him on youtube uh he does a whole lot of art videos and lectures and essays on making art. But he does this thing where he, I, I was watching him on Instagram do this thing where he takes these pieces of, he does these original drawings, puts them in a nice little sleeve, uh, and then hides them in different towns when he's traveling for his work. And then he lets his, you know, his constituency know about it. It's hidden in this town. Try to find it. So something about that delighted me when i first saw it and we can talk more about like why it delights me and we can talk more about what it looks like when we dive into the show are you ready to dive into the show rob yeah i think so i think let's talk about these art drops <laughs> all right here we go oh really he's got the guitar out already Spicing it up. <laughs> I was like, we is he going to, are you going to, I, I really think every week, is he going to play it again? <laughs> <laughs> Ann and I were thinking about you this past weekend when we were moving because uh, we were like, we were the, you know, we were working with movers and everything, but we're still driving, like, you know, quite a ways, three hours to like, then like, like pack all the stuff out of the truck, drive three hours, unpack all the stuff out of the truck. And Ann said to me, he's like, I don't want to be a Dragon Ball character anymore. <laughs> I don't want to operate at that kind of level of intensity anymore. I'm like, yeah. Uh, you can only yeah. do it for so long. You can only be Super Saiyan for so long, right? You got to shut it off. Absolutely. That's, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot. And, and um, so let's say you, 
there, okay, I want to I want to cover the topic in the in the angle and and in the progression that that you've you've got laid out. So, okay. So as far as talking about, because I'm really curious, I think this is more of like a a next section kind of thing. But like, you know, I've like art drops, right? It's it's kind of what you said makes me think of the the like a scarcity feeling of like I've got enough to do making the art related to my current workload and projects, and then to then tack on this other thing of like, well, and then there's this other portion of it that I just sort of go to we go, we, here you go. Take it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. right. So plentiful. Right. It's like, it's like I'm taking my work home. Right. Um, Mm. One could make the argument. One could make the argument that like, geez, you know, I'm drawing this many hours a day. I don't have it. I mean, that's, you know, I, I get that totally legit, but, um, there's something, I mean, I, I think it should go without saying, but maybe some people are new to the show. We both have a strong sense of advocacy in each of us. Like we both want to not only make stuff, but we want to, we want to make other people feel as excited about making stuff as we feel about it. Right. We want, or at the very least, we want to be examples of people who are very excited about making stuff. Right. Hmm. Um, So there's like a, a sense of advocacy in us. That's like, I think if not innate, it's, very interwoven into a lot of our motivations so yes i'm drawing in my off hours you know but as i say when i'm doing some of my art drops and we can talk about the different types in a second um for me it's like this is an opportunity for me to draw purely for fun this is pure expression i'm not trying to sell anything i'm not trying to please a client this is me saying what would delight me today or it could be like a variety of other things like other kinds of experiments but another artist and is actually is an ann arbor artist that i wanted to point out who i think is another person who kind of helped inspire me along this idea of like leaving art in public spaces is david zinn if you haven't heard of this guy um he's he's very well known in ann arbor but i don't know how well known he is outside of, I, I imagine he is um and he does these chalk drawings all over town um and you know un you know unbidden unbidden what was the word i'm looking for he is not prompted by anybody else to do it. He just looks for interesting little locations on sidewalks, and he does these perspective drawings of these creatures, the, the, these recurring characters of his. Um, and let's see if I can get this this video to load. Maybe not. Uh, but you, well, no, I'm not gonna get that video to load. But um, if you go to zinart.com, if you're just listening to the audio, you can see what I'm talking about. Like you can see that like they're, they're drawings of the characters in the perspective. If, if you were looking down at the sidewalk, right? And so at any given point, while you're walking around downtown Ann Arbor, you might find one of these cute little drawings someplace. And I've, I've had conversations with David about this, and he feels that it's, he feels very strongly about this idea of um, ephemeral, public, uh, unsanctioned art. Art that just appears, and, and like these chalk drawings, they go away after a little while, right? It's not like tagging with like spray paint. This is like it's a little chalk drawing that will eventually get washed away. Um, and like the idea of the world being a canvas of sorts, right? Um, so having talked to him uh, and seeing Jake doing those kinds of art drops, it got me thinking like, well, how, how would I approach this kind of thing and what would be fun for me to do? And so one of the ones that I do on a regular basis, and actually Troy shadowing in the chat was already talking about this, Ann Arbor's bowling alley's loss will soon be some Ohio bowling alley's game, is, uh, yeah, I do 
every Monday I bowl with my uh, bowling league. I've been doing this for like four years now, five years. I don't remember how long. And so I'm sitting at a bowling alley waiting for my turn, right? And, and maybe I don't play every game because there's like, what, four or five of us on the team and you only need three for a game. So, you know, there's some times where I'm sitting out. Uh, and so, you know, if I'm just sitting there and I'm just chatting, uh, you know, uh, in a friendly way with teammates, I could be drawing too. Why not? And so, you know, I turned these doodles into actual like little, it used to be, um, pen and ink drawings that were colored with crayon, but I recently started doing watercolors. And then I go hide them someplace in the bowling alley. And usually in a place where I think kids might find them because my art is meant for young people, right? So here we have on my Instagram feed, um, bowling, bowling night art drop number three for the 2019 super sweet bowling season. We can link to it in the show notes. But, um, and this one just came as a prompt from a friend of mine who was like really into Ben-Hur and was saying like, oh, what if you did like a Ben-Hur, Baron Von Bear? drawing like all right let's let's see what that looks like you know um but so in this case what i'm doing is i'm actually doing the drawing in the place and then hiding it afterwards um and i'm not drawing it ahead of time and then hiding it right um and again part of it is part of it is is like just joyously interacting with my craft part of it is advocacy because like people will walk by like what's this guy doing right uh as a matter of fact some of the bowling alley staff have found my drawings over the years and there's a bulletin board up by the registration area where they the ones that they found have been pinned up and uh when i registered this year uh one of the guys you know when he took my name he was like oh you're the guy <laughs> like i'm what guy he's like you're the guy who did these i'm like oh yeah yeah that, that was me so <laughs> No longer as mysterious, um, but uh, that's that, so. Let's see. It seems like there's a there, there's like a few different. I mean, for each artist you listed, including yourself, there's like a different, um, almost like a different angle on this. Um, mm -hmm. And so for you, it's like it's a it's it's a almost capturing something about that evening, and then leaving it behind, you know, with a with a couple of things. I mean, how do you, um, so what, what makes it obvious that it was purposefully left behind? So I look for when I'm hiding it, I look for an easy to spot area. Right. Um, so like, like a, a popular or popular, a place that I use a lot at the bowling alley is there's a claw machine, you know, one of those like things you put a quarter in and then like claw moves around like this and you move it with the joystick and you try to grab a stuffed animal and, often don't um and it's right up against a wall and the wall is just like a dark brown so if i slide the art drop and put it right against the wall between the wall and the claw machine you can see right through the glass there's a drawing of these cute animals doing something so if you're playing the claw machine you're gonna spot it but it's deliberately placed it's it's clear that it's not discarded right because like that's something i'm also careful about um is try to make it look like it was deliberately placed in a place that was meant that was hidden but meant to be discovered. Um, so in plain sight, but not an obvious sight, not drawing attention to itself. Um, so another one related to this idea of where do I look to hide stuff? Here's a different kind of art drop I did this past August when I went to the PowerCon, the He-Man uh, and She-Ra convention in uh, Torrance, California with my buddy, Kevin Copa. 
And at night in the hotel, I would work on these watercolors of different He-Man characters. And then during the day at the convention, I wandered around the hotel looking for places to put these drawings. And, you know, when you're in a, a, a pop culture convention, there is going to be detritus. There's going to be, like, programs that accidentally get dropped on the floor or tickets to different things that accidentally get dropped down, like napkins, whatever. So I tried to find places that were near the floor but were clearly not discarded. So this merman piece that I'm showing right now from my Instagram feed, I put in one of the big bay windows overlooking or that looked out into an atrium at the hotel. But it was standing up, leaning against the glass, right? This was placed here, but it is low to the ground. It's not gonna be in your immediate line of sight. Again, in plain sight, but hidden in the sense that it's not drawing attention to itself, right? Mm, okay. I can see that because it's um, <clears throat> if so. Did you come upon these rules by having discovered um, some puzzles or challenges, or did you think this through to that extent uh, from the beginning? I don't, I don't think I did. I think it was more like I was just so. My agenda was I want somebody to trip across this by accident. I want to um, make a kid happy without being there to make them happy, right? I want to accidentally delight a child. That, 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 that was sort of like my headline. Okay, how do you do that? Well, I know that as a kid, you know, like when you're a little kid and you find $5 in the ground, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's pretty good. Yep. Um, but again, $5 is, is, it has like very clear inherent value. It has, you know what you can do with that. But a drawing that's left on the ground is like, oh, maybe that fell out of somebody's bag. Maybe that belongs to somebody else. It becomes a little bit more ambiguous, right? Um, so it, it seemed obvious to me that it had to be hidden, but not discarded. So I couldn't, like, it can't lay on the ground, right? Like, that's the number one thing. It can't be in... If it's going to be in the immediate line of sight, it should be in immediate line of sight while you're doing something else, right? Um, I guess these are rules I sort of came up with uh, in the process of looking for hiding spaces. And when I would go, like, mm, not there, you know, mm. I would ask. Well, because okay, well, it, it does seem crafted. I mean, it seems like you've you've put a bit of design into this. Like, if you think of, uh, well, you have a goal for this, which is to, you know, uh, in a as have a this um, unexpected surprise waiting for probably a younger person and yet not ha <clears throat> yet not have have it be uh, misunderstood right mm -hmm. and uh, just having that in, you know, those constraints in mind it's like you've really um, done some uh, like testing and exploring of that and because because I mean what you described it means seems seems like it's uh, you know, you, you it, it seems like you've set yourself up to not have like uh, a well-intentioned person finding it and thinking like, oh, my gosh, there's this really absent-minded illustrator. I have to help them. <laughs> right. Um, well, OK, so this this is baked into my my recipe as well is I have no illusions that if I put art drop on my Instagram feed that, that kids all over Ann Arbor, go, where is it? Where is it? <laughs> Right. Like, I know that my level of celebrity, quote unquote, whatever you want to call that, however you want to measure it, is not commensurate with the uh, 
the the idea of well if i just make an instagram post people go hunting for it so with that in mind and by the way no value judgment there that's just a statement of that that's evaluating what the parameters and the limitations of what we're doing are mine is about accidental incidental discovery rather than scavenger hunt now different thing though with the he-man one because now i'm at a convention where there's a very focused uh intention and activity the people have descended people have paid money for tickets flights and hotels to be at this place celebrating he-man therefore i know that if i put some of these out and actually leave clues right like here's here in this case if you look at the merman drawing i'm showing where i put it right i'm giving you some kind of like extra data to say here's an idea of where it is go find it because and then i'm going to hashtag it with them you know motu and he-man because i know that people are tracking that right now oh and power and power con that's right and so you've got a few different ways to to um well you're instant you are instigating the um scavenger hunt in this case in this case i am yes but yeah. again this is because i know that i'm at an event where the interest in that particular type of thing if i'm drawing a drawing of merman people are probably going to be interested in that nobody's gonna be maybe i'm, I'm there's an outside chance somebody's gonna say oh a jersey draws merman thank goodness but odds are the primary motivator is neat a merman drawing and i remember at the convention um i would place the drawings and about 15 minutes later i'd walk by and it'd be gone they were they were snatched up pretty darn quick so so that was, that was very fun and satisfying right nobody interacted with me about it nobody like followed up saying like i found it or anything like that i think it was probably more or less people were just like oh wow what's this you know but um but it was fun it was a fun thing to do this is um i and yeah this this is interesting because i think you've provided some insight in how how um you know how other folks could could think of going about this i still wrestle with that initial concern as far as like just capacity right to be mm-hmm. like and then this one i but it's it seems um it's it's attractive in that it has this lack of preciousness this playfulness and um, and the advocacy, I was like, gosh, as soon as you said advocacy, I'm like, gosh, dang it. You just, you know, that's the angle that, that I'm, I could totally see getting into it. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I'm sorry you into it. Um, yeah, yeah let's talk, we can talk, you want to talk about in the second half, you want to take a break and then maybe we can talk about some of like the, like how this advocacy and what the motivations are behind it and like what value I get out of it and, and how I, uh, rationalize putting in that extra time to make these things um, and where I find that time. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would love to, to dig into that. Okay. Uh, but, but first a break. First a break. And let me find my tab. There it is. Okay, so in a minute and 30 seconds, we're going to thanks. We are going to talk about all those things that I just mentioned, all those motivations as to, you know, why leave art in public in the first place and how do you find the time for it? But before we do that, we have to thank some people who make this show possible. And those folks happen to be the folks who support us on Patreon. Yes, patreon.com slash art is the website. I'm going to say it a little bit more slowly because I know my audio quality is very poor today. Patreon.com slash art. You're listening to the Lean Into Art cast, right? It's easy enough to remember. But I want to thank those five people that I mentioned. Uh, who have been supporting us for some time there. First up, India Swift. Thank you, India, for believing in us and what we do. You can find India on Twitter at 
old Swifty. Also, Brandon Dayton, longtime friend of the show, been on the show many times. Uh, you can find Brandon at Brandon Dayton on Twitter. Ben Odgren, thank you, Ben. It means a lot to us. And you can find Ben on Twitter at Ben Odgren. And Olivia Birdton. Olivia, you can find on Twitter at Olivia Birdton. Thank you, Olivia. And finally, Kim Holm. And you can find Kim Holm on Twitter at Denungerherholm. We will link to it in the show notes. A uh, fabulous artist and longtime supporter of the show. Thank you, Kim. Thank you for believing in us. And if you want to join them, you can go to patreon.com slash lean into art where you'll find all the shows we make, as well as the extra leans, the shows we record only for people who support us on Patreon. And the latest extra lean actually has our first curse word, <laughs> which we use to illustrate a what I think is a very interesting point about language. So once again, it's patreon.com slash lean into art. Thank you, everybody who's been supporting us there. It means a lot to us. It really does. Thank you. So here we are. About we to are. head into the next section. All right. Do we have some mood music? How about... Oh, boy. Mm. more intense... Because there's a lot, of, a lot of feelings. A lot of feelings involved with drawing in public and leaving art out for people. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> Carrie's in the chat says that that uh, extra lean was a good one. I'm so glad you think so. Because <laughs> I feel like we were going out on a limb like that. And I think there was a part where you can hear me and Rob going like, Oh, how do we feel about this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yeah. <sighs> Okay, um, what's the point? Why do this? How do you find the capacity? You know, if I may lead with a, a headline, going back to Jake Parker and David Zinn, and also I should mention Eric Scales. Eric Scales is another artist who does this, and I, I had a nice conversation with him recently. Uh, he's a Disney artist who does the art drops as well. And I was just like, you know, thank you, Eric, for using your immense skill and talent to, like, make the world a slightly more magical place for people by just leaving art in fun, like interesting places for people, people to trip upon. And when you see this art, it's like, yeah, why wouldn't you be charmed by finding one of his pieces just sitting around someplace, right? And you think about oh, it, yeah. it, it's like you're sharing not just, you're not just like creating like a, a fun little moment of like delightful discovery, but like you're sharing like a wealth of talent and expertise and hard-won skill with the world at large, right? Um, and the the lead line, like if I were to like summarize the whole idea for me personally, and as dumb as this is gonna sound, it's like, it's kind of trying to, in, like again, incidentally delight a stranger, right? Um, I don't know how people are going to interact with my books. When I put a book out in the world like Science Comics Rockets, people are gonna read it, some people are going to like it. Some people are not going to like it. I'm probably not going to hear from many of them, right? So for the for a, the most part, I'm kind of putting work into the world to delight strangers. But there's something that I especially like about just leaving a little piece of art someplace, and I have almost zero chance of ever finding out what they thought of it, right? Which, again, takes the pressure off of me. It's like, it's, it's the whole dance as if no one's watching kind of idea, right? You're just... You're drawing what makes you really happy and then just leaving it someplace and hope that somebody enjoys it as much as you did. <laughs> Have you what? ever thought that, let's say, what if, the, what if 
I don't know. Let's say I didn't know who you were. Parallel universe. And I'm like, oh, what a busy week. Wish I had time for this. Like, you know, I, I think I'm going to go. Oh, I don't know. I'm going to go get a stuffed animal out of that uh, bowling arcade thing for to you know release some stress. And I'm go, I go there and I'm like, oh, you, I'm going to try to get this stuffed animal. Hey, wait a minute. What's that in the back of this cage? That's a mighty fine piece of art. What? What is this? Who's got the time to to leave art like this? <laughs> I don't know. I'm done with my role playing scenario, but you get my point, right? I don't know. Probably it's, it's far fetched. You're saying that because it is a highly skilled piece of illustration, that it would be it, it would be angry. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Look at this guy. Leave him behind this nice image. Should be <laughs> now a you're just showing off. <laughs> Come on. This thing I just dashed out and put it and hit it on a plane. It's like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I would argue that, you know, like I pull up that Baron Von Baer piece that I did, which I think turned out okay. Mm-hmm. Come on, Rob. It's not like there's like a butt ton of detail on this thing. This thing was done um, quickly and I took shortcuts to make it happen, right? Mm-hmm. It's a neat drawing, but. It is a good drawing, and, and it's. um. There's, there's a, there is a lot, there is that expression of skill. Um, so, okay, throw up my, my argument was baloney. It was, it was a playful argument, right? The, um, this, this image is, has, does have a lot of, um, like, like you said earlier, in a way you're, you're, you're sharing advocacy and expressing, um, well, your, your skill is conveyed in this thing and that alone discovering it can be, um, a gateway to possibility of like, Oh, this stuff doesn't have to just exist in books or on images or whatever. I've, I have an original piece of art in my hand. It's not this alien artifact, whatever. Um, this, is, this is fascinating to me. What happens? How does someone go further with that then? Like, I feel great. This was awesome. Now what? Who? Me, the artist, or are they the, the person you, who found the, it? Well, no, the person who found it. Like, this mm. is... Because I let's say I I don't I, I'm inspired for the illustration in general, it does or does this represent a story? I want this story, or mm-hmm. um, let's see. So it could be subject matter, it could be story, it could be um, just technique. Holy moly! I this is watercolor, isn't it? Oh my gosh! I want to do this. Right? Pick any of those things. Um, this drawing could easily transmit this kind of signal of delight and, and curiosity, right? But Absolutely. Then... And any one of those is like in up in the cards, right? So, um, for instance, when I was painting this last one that I just had up on the screen, the, the Ben-Hur one, a fellow um, bowler who is also an artist walked by the table, saw me working, and leaned in and said like, hey, wait a minute, what are you working with there? And I have like this little travel kit. I think we talked about this on um, a past Lean Into Art cast. Um, I carry this little watercolor tin that my wife got me uh, for the holidays a few years ago. And, you know, it's really dinky, but it has all the colors I need in order to do a quick little watercolor painting. And uh, and then I just have some water brushes, those, like, plastic brushes that you can fill water in the uh, Quick question. That tin, how big yeah. is that tin? Is that about the size of, what, like a, a, a little bigger than a... Oh, it looks like maybe two oh, Altoids cans. Is that roughly? Mm, roughly. <laughs> you want to know what? It's actually about the size of the very first iPod. 
It'll give you some perspective oh. if you're an old spirit. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, but it, I would say like a deck of cards. Um, a deck of cards, okay. Maybe like four inches tall by about like two and a half inches wide. And it's got this gotcha. cute, okay. cute little ring on the back it's... so you can put your hand in it and it serves as... Ah, that's a good ergonomic touch. This These two little doors act as your mixing palettes and then there's your, you know, your colors. And then you can got like a itty bitty pencil, a mecha- itty bitty mechanical pencil with blue lead. And then... Yeah. An itty bitty brush, but then I also carry water brushes with me. Um, but before that, I just did it with you know Crayola crayons uh, and you know brush pens. Um, so so someone well, saw you doing this work. Yeah, yeah, and he came over and he asked like, "Well, what are you using there?" And he, I showed him my you know my, my palette and you know the water brushes. He's like, "Oh my gosh, that's so mobile! It travels everywhere." I'm like, "Well, yeah, a lot of people do this." And he's like, "I hadn't seen this before." So there's that. There's like the the potentially getting somebody else interested in doing the same thing. Um, there's there's also like the, the discovery factor of, this is a very, very low, if we have a Maslow's hierarchy of Jersey's needs in doing this thing, one of the lowest rungs would be like dis- inspiring new readers. So like I do put my Instagram on the back of the um, drawings in case anybody wants to follow up uh-huh. on it. Um, but... Uh, but then, yeah, there's also like the, the fact that um, this maybe has more to do with my biography than anything else. The more I think about it, I bet this is the case. I grew up in a very rural area, rural, like so rural that, um, and, and, and in the 80s, so this is pre-internet, uh, my first grade classroom was in a two-room schoolhouse. You know, not, I'm not trying to sound like I walked uphill both ways. But I'm just saying it was it was small. There were 20 kids in my entire grade, 250 kids in the entire school, about K through 12, right? Um, not a lot of access to stuff. And so authors and artists and celebrities and anybody who like created entertainment seemed like extremely distant things that just they don't come from this place, right? Mm. Uh, people like that don't come from here, right? That that that's not said in so many words, but there's a sense of it. And so part of it for me is also to say, like, hey, there are creative people in your midst. There are creative people all around you. And one of them was just here recently, you know. As a child, that would have had a profound impact on me. Um, So there's that, too. It's not just – actually, it has very little to do with wowing people with my skill set, although I want to do a good job. But it has more to do with, you know, sending the signal to the world that there are people who think creatively around you. They are leaving a trail, right? Um, They're leaving you original, one-of-a-kind pieces that are just for you because you were lucky enough to find it. Um, There's there's this idea, like, in the Peter S. Beagle's The Last Unicorn, um, the, the butterfly, when it's talking to the unicorn and describing, you know, what a unicorn is to the unicorn, he says, they're visible only to people who search and trust. Right. I like I think there's something really charming about that idea of like the, the magical creatures only reveal themselves if you search and trust. So like there's that aspect to it, too. Right. Yeah, that's that is. Uh, hmm. It is. a. I mean, it's it's in, it, in itself. It's a random act of kindness. Um, just trying to just trying to share some beauty and that. Uh, I let's see, and I get that maybe there's a. <laughs> I don't think there's any shame in that. That like, gosh darn it, there is skill. There's a lot of skill in in any darn kind of thing that you you would put in public like that, and 
that is a credibility sign. That is a signal, and it intermingles with the with the generous act, right? And it's and I'm not trying to overblow it. Of like, it's not like you are um, saying, okay, uh, here's here's a uh, a sealed case of multiple chambers, each one containing so many thousands of dollars. If you go on an adventure, wasting all this money, you get the final chamber of all, you know a, 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 a fortune, a la Brewster's millions. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that which isn't I, I totally whatever I stole the idea I guess if I wrote Brewster's Millions I would have made it more contraptiony anyway um, <laughs> so I haven't seen that in a long time it's probably one of the most it's probably yet another super problematic eighties movie anyway um, <laughs> couple of uh, yeah a couple of uh, side tangents deep there but there is generosity there is skill and the uh, and the kindness. And somehow that that does uh, have such potential to create a lot of positive messages for you know wherever someone would want to take it. Um, that's really interesting, and the, the just the the idea that um, the the creative people are are near you and you you know it, it is a bit of a, a door uh, in a way mm-hmm. of like um, this is here. You are lucky. You found this. That's interesting. It's a call to adventure in some ways. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like it, it has that element to it. And it has an element where it's, for me at least, it isn't important if I'm discovered. It is not important to me that the, the person who finds it ever finds me. I leave a breadcrumb there for them if they really want to follow it. But that's not the point. The point is, is that I'm just sending out a signal to remind people there are creative people all around you. They're creative people who are happy to share their work with the world and leave you a gift of some sort. And again, it's like David Zinn's thing, like that that ephemeral. He and I talked about this years ago, and maybe now that I'm moving to Columbus, I can explore this idea a little bit more fully, is actually getting together a club of artists who just like descend on different locations and do this. Like So we, like, we get together just to sketch, right? Let's just get together to sketch. But when we leave, we all hide something someplace, right? So it's like, it's like a murder of crows come in <laughs> and then when they leave, instead of leaving a bunch of poop on the ground, it's like a whole bunch of art is like in all the nooks and crannies. Um, <laughs> so I'm just going to say two more things on that. Please wear cloaks and be art crows. Please also be the crow from uh, Galaxy of Super Adventure. Tax crow. Oh, you're talking about tax crow? Yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, that's got some... <laughs> Just please don't don't throw that idea out right away. Just sit with <laughs> cloaks. It. Uh, um, but but yeah yeah, it, and it, there's some practical elements to this as well. I think that are like more self-serving. Like for one, I think it's a good thought experiment to draw without thinking about an audience. We talked about this in a couple episodes back in the episode where we talked about sketching to relax, where we're just doing like art meditation. And there's something, the moment we embark on becoming visual storytellers, a storyteller has to have an audience. There's somebody, there's another part of that transaction, right? I'm telling a story to whom, right? Naturally, that's the next question. Um, So it becomes such an ingrained and um, assumed part of the making of a thing. Who is it for? Who are you going to share it with? Um, that if it's oddly liberating 
to not think about who it's for at all. Now, I know there's some artists out there who say like, I didn't make this for this person, that person or for money or for sex, I made it for art, right? Yep, and that, that, I'm not paraphrasing Scott McCloud's uh, understanding comics when I, when I say that. Yep, sure, I have had a very, very difficult time disengaging from who, like I'm a very service-oriented advocacy type of person. I make things for people and uh, and who I'm making it for does a lot to shape what I make. So this to me feels incredibly liberating to just make something. And yes, I'm making it for a person. I'm, I'm hoping that a young person or somebody who's young at heart finds it. But other than that, I don't even know. And, and I've let go of it. So it, now it's just about me and the thing. And I just leave it in the world and hope that somebody enjoys it. So that's part of it. There's other aspects too. When I go back to my early days as uh, conventioning, I remember people would come to me with their sketchbooks and ask me to do, draw on their theme sketchbooks. Oh, I've got a Nightcrawler sketchbook. Will you draw a Nightcrawler? And I'd be like, hmm. The idea of sitting here and drawing in front of people in this big, noisy environment was very challenging to me because historically, drawing was an activity that happened alone, at home, in my you know studio, bedroom, wherever. But it was a place where there wasn't a whole lot of other kind of activity happening. Maybe a radio playing, right? Um, so this is a chance, like when I do the bowling art drops, it's a chance for me to practice drawing in public, drawing in a way where I don't get to engage fully with the drawing because there's the social activity happening around me. And oh, you're up, Jersey. It's time for you to bowl. I got to put my pens down, go bowl. By the way, side note, I always bowl better games when I'm drawing. I've noticed like <laughs> four years of doing this, the, the 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 game I play while I'm doing the art drop and working on it, I bowl significantly better than the game I play after I've hidden the art drop. So, anyway. <laughs> Isn't that... Why? I don't know. It's weird, right? And I, I think it, uh, one of my teammates uh, hypothesized that it's because I don't... I'm not thinking too hard about what I'm doing when I'm bowling because I just want to get back to my drawing because like I throw the ball and then I don't even look at it going the lane. I just like run back to my drive. <laughs> it's like, I'll get like a strike and I don't even know it. I'll sit down and I start drawing and everybody will cheer. I'm like, oh, oh well, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a fun way to engage with sports, right? But, um, but yeah, so it gives me an opportunity to practice that. Um, and like I said before, it's like drawing for its own sake. That is a fun thing to do. And that I think that, that would make my justification for, like, how do you find the time? Well, what if I told you it doesn't have to amount to anything, right? What if I told you that this is the way that you play 15 minutes of Mario Kart? What if I told you this is the way you, you know, listen, read a news story while you're on the bus? Like, you're engaging with it in that kind of way, right? You've hooked me on a bunch of ways. I mean, it's like one of the notes I've, I wrote here was um, I love getting different experience and practice and angles and perspectives on your current skills. And just the idea that, oh, gosh, this this influential factor of naming yourself as a storyteller is quite a force that it it's great. It's it's really helpful and useful and, and has much benefit to practice when you think of, well, yes, I'm writing a story for whom and um, in, in, in what context will they be consuming this and all that? It's like, oh my gosh, allow me to connect, uh, collect design constraints. Oh, I'm influenced by design constraints and now I'm going to put my creativity through that and see what comes out, but evaluate it against these constraints and shape it. And that's a, that's a lot of work. It is a helpful discipline, but to say, hey, guess what? 
What if you don't do that for sometimes on purpose? <laughs> that is fantastic to just practice not doing it. Ah! <laughs> the advocacy, the you different know. practice. You're, you're getting me, Jersey. You're getting like, me. The, the people <sighs> who went to art school are looking at us going like, yeah. <laughs> Where have you guys been? You're like, yeah. Well, you know, have a different experience. Um, I always, I always find the design constraints freeing, except their ever presence. That part is saying, well, God, you know, having a new experience will, um, it, 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 it helps build fresh perspective. And that fresh perspective is, is a, uh, a, it's a, it's a capability and you can, you can use that when you come back to the storytelling. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. And okay. And then let's get to that practical aspect of doing the art drops is, um, it's an opportunity for you to play with ideas in a truly playful way. So again, let's go back to that one that the art drop I did at the bowling alley last week, two weeks ago. I forget what, when did I do this one? February 4th, I guess it was a couple weeks ago. Um, this was, I was talking with a friend of mine about this Baron von Baer story that I really want to do. Talk, walking through the premise with her. And she said, just offhandedly, you should have him go back into uh, Ben Hur times and have a chariot race. I'm like, why? And she's like, I don't know, it would just be really cool. So I'm like, okay, well, there's my art drop. I'm going to draw Baron von Baer in a chariot race. Do I have any agenda or thought as to how this would possibly work into what I was thinking of doing with the story? No. I have no clue. But it was it was an invitation to be playful with drawing, right? And while I'm drawing, I'm meditating on the the, the, the idea itself. And then I'm thinking about, okay, if he's in a chariot race, he's going to be competing. Who's he going to be competing against? Eh, maybe some kind of crazy lizard guy. All right, what's the lizard guy like? Well, is he going to be a cheater like Masala in in, uh, in Ben-Hur? Well, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe he'll just be a jerk. Maybe he'll be a taunting kind of character. Oh, maybe he'll have, oh, here's an idea. Maybe like one of the... Uh, he has a cursed object that allows him to never lose a race, right? And what would that do? And so Baron Bavaria not only has to win the race against the, an unbeatable opponent to get the cursed object so he can decurse it, but he's also got to, like, beat the guy fair and square in order to break the curse. I don't know. But, like, these kind of thoughts start happening while you're just engaging with the drawing. So, once again, you're brainstorming in a playful, um, in a way that where you're not... You don't have the pressure of like delivering on anything for anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that. It's so funny because you're describing, <clears throat> in a way. So, <sighs> trying to wrap my head around this jersey. So, it, <laughs> you just you just said, "Hey, you're free. Go run. Go play." And then you described not being free, yep. but feeling free. Yeah. And so, ah, that sounds hard again, <laughs> but, but intriguing. <laughs> well, see, it, it totally depends on the context of the moment, right? So this is a situation where somebody gave me a prompt and I went, what? And I went, well, because I went, what? I have to do it now, right? I don't have a choice because like that, 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 that recoil suggested an invitation for discovery. Um, and, but we can't help but start to knit ideas together. It's like when we're talking about the art meditation episode. It's like just the act of drawing, we're compelled to start to make shapes out of it. And so it takes that little nudge to push you back. And 
it, it, going back to the practice thing and, and scooting more towards freedom again, there was a series that I did a couple years ago of just, I challenged myself to say, like, we're just drawing Boulder and Fleet being friends. You don't get to draw them doing awesome action stuff. You're not going to have any debris, no explosions, no intense action poses. It's just going to be the two of them being buddies together. And I remember drawing them like shoveling snow, reading books, eating sandwiches, right? It was like all of these little moments that just try to capture the quiet joy of companionship, right? So I had a design constraint, but again, it wasn't a design constraint to deliver to any audience. It was more like, this is going to be my workout, but it's going to be a workout that's done in a playful way. This isn't me lifting weights really hard. This is me like jumping rope while cool music plays, right? <laughs> okay. I, okay. I, I think I'm getting it. And, and it's not fully formed in my head, but there's somewhere between. So, so let's say there's a, there's a continuum. Farther on one side is the fully meditative drawing. Mm-hmm. And in working, you know, working to um, be be purposefully abstract and and um, and enjoy that. But then on the other side is the um, constrained service driven storytelling. Right. Mm-hmm. But then storytelling can go nudging further toward the other side of the spectrum or the, the continuum. So you're pushing that storytelling towards somewhere further away from the, the service driven storytelling. Mm-hmm. And interesting. All right. I'm tempted again. And okay. Let me layer on one last like practical benefit and then we can try to dig for final thought. So I posted a cat and cat one the, uh, a week or two ago. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it without like totally stopping the show. Um, but it was, it was Captain Cat and Ship's Cook Maggie on like a rowboat. And Captain Cat is pointing into the distance angrily. And we can see this hazy serpent dragon thing like winding its way through the sky toward them. Mm. And this, all that drawing was about was I want to draw Lau and Maggie. I like thinking about them. I like drawing them. And I don't know what they're going to be doing, but maybe Maggie... Odds are Maggie will be doing something cheerfully and Lau will be yelling at her. Because that's, that's the dynamic of those two characters. Um, but then when I sat down to do it, I said, well, you know what? This is a chance to practice more of your watercoloring in a way where there's no risk. Because you don't know who's going to find this piece. You don't have an audience to serve on this one. The, again, we're making art without an audience, right? Um, you're, pra- you're practicing in a public way where there is an audience, but you aren't thinking about them. So like the way you, you're supposed to work in your sketchbook, but we often don't anymore, right? And so I use it as an opportunity to try to do like uh, making something look very distant in that drawing. Um, and I wasn't sure if I was going to pull it off, right? But because I didn't know who was going to enjoy this and who it was for, I felt more free to make that mistake that I was still going to have something I delivered, but because I don't know who it's for, I can screw this one up, right? That, that is a great thing to try to practice in itself and to, to I guess, to, uh, to feel playful with the constraints that you've chosen to have because it, they were creatively interesting 
not necessarily because they were a requirement for a project, even if it was all of your own devising, you're, you're your own client, but it's, but it's, uh, but service driven in the, with the intention for, um, like, I don't know, having a healthy business that maybe, maybe I'm adding too much on that, uh, that far side of the continuum, but, um, but it has those kind of, const- you know, like great constraints, but like, there's something different about that versus what you're describing. And that's, that's like more toward the middle. It's not the fully, you know, mindful, abstract, don't, don't let things take, things take form and just, you know, have experience a certain particular raw joy of covering, um, like square, like just mileage of line and page and stuff. Right. And being in that moment, but there, that, that middle thing where it's like, nope, there's, there's pieces and there's play and there's a game going on. There's a dynamic, there's choices and limitation, but it serves play more than it serves the audience. Right. I'm or at least trying to wrap my head around it. it, it. it, it the, at least how it serves the audience is not um, explicit or even considered. There's a trust that it will somehow serve an audience, but you're removing that concern, right? You are, you are not acknowledging that concern by virtue of the, the um, parameters of the activity, right? Mm. That's really good. I think that's, I, what do you, do you think, um, I think we explored that. I wonder. I we did. Do you want to do, do final have, thought? Do, do we have a final thought? Let's take a look I, in the chat. After after we take a break, okay, and and I'll I'll do some thinking also. Okay. All right. All right. So in about a minute, two minutes, we will uh, wrap up this episode with a final takeaway from our discussion. Uh, but before we do that, we have to thank some other people who make this show possible. And those people have to be us. We make stuff. We think hard about the stuff that we make, and then we bring those thoughts to the show, so you will think hard about this stuff too. And the thing that I participate in making that I hope you will check out today is the Ann Arbor Comic Arts Festival, which is coming up this June. It'll be here before you know it. Um, And if you are a cartoonist who had a book or even a webcomic that came out in 2018, I hope you will tell your constituency... Well, I should say this. If you're a cartoonist who made a webcomic that is primarily for young people that came out in 2018, um, I hope you will point your constituency to a2caf.com slash kcawards because there's an open ballot right now for the Kids Comics Awards where kids can nominate their favorite comics from last year. And uh, those nominations will inform the final judging of who gets to be on the final ballot, which will be voted upon in May, uh, May and June. So and the winners win this cute little Lego trophy or a custom Lego trophy, and then uh, they will be announced at a special ceremony where there's puppets and lasers and music and all sorts of wackiness uh, at A2CAF, which, by the way, is a free event. When, when is it again? June 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2019 in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, totally free to attend, and you know, 50-plus artists come out and leave free hands-on workshops for kids and adults all weekend long. It's a very good time, but mostly I hope you will point people at the Kids Comics Awards nomination form. Even if you just have young people in your life, you can ask them, like, what were your favorite books last year that, that came out last year? Uh, ask them to vote. Nominate, I should say. Uh, Rob, what do you want to talk about? What did you, what do you, what did you make recently or want to share that you've made in the recent times? 
Well, I like to talk about uh, a variety of projects. Let's uh, I, let's do Guitar Fretter this time. Oh, Why okay. Not? Let me pull it up. Uh, okay. So one of the games I make is Guitar Fretter. That's uh, it, it's really a you know one of those things where it's just a, it's not a violent game. It's it's you know simple, playful way to learn the uh, note positions on, on a guitar fretboard. And it has characters from my webcomic, and, and, and they're, uh, you know, they just make it a cute, fun, low-stakes way to, to be like, well, what, what are the notes on this string? Well, you know what? You're going to want to explore and figure it out as the game gives you feedback and as these little, little uh, cute demon creatures come down, and they're going to take away your health, and you want to stay around. You want to, you want to get a high score, right? So there's ways to, um, like, the, the more you chain correct notes, the more encouraging the game gets. There's, there's all sorts of little ways that are reinforcing and helping you remember the note positions on a guitar fretboard while defeating demons. And uh, that's, uh, you can learn more about it by going to uh, guitarfretter.com. And uh, it's on. It's in all sorts of places. It's on a lot of app stores like you know iOS and Android and uh, itch.io and um, and so you can play it on your you know phones, tablets, desktops, and learn more about it at uh, guitarfretter.com. And if you have purchased it, giving it a review wherever you purchased it helps more people find the game. And we appreciate everybody who does that. But let's say that you're here because you like the way we think about stuff and you don't care so much about the stuff we make. That's fair enough. This show is a thing we make. We have more things like it at leanintoart.com slash workshops where you can download self-contained videos at a price of your choosing, even free. And uh, you can go check it out at leanintoart.com slash workshops. If you're watching this show on YouTube, you can give it a thumbs up. That helps more people find the show. And if you're listening to it in a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, so on, uh, giving it a five-star review wherever you listen helps more people find the show. And we thank everybody who has been doing that. It means a lot to us. Mm-hmm. It does. Thank you. So <clears throat> thoughts on final thought. I think, uh, I, th- I think we've had some, we'd said we've had some fun chat and I noticed, you know, this idea, um, coupled by Robert Clemens Jr. Mentioning about, um, the, the idea well, that this might be, one of those helpful ways to trick yourself without knowing it, like somehow making the stakes lower because I, uh, you know, you're not um, getting all tensed from this, the, uh, like a feeling of anxious commitment. Um, but then there's, uh, and so, and is the trick like, <clears throat> so, and this is, which is one aspect of this. We've talked about lots of different aspects of, of this whole thing, the art drops and, um, but just honing in particularly on the uh, – because this – I think this applies to art drops. And I think this also applies to like even like sketch commissions at, at it when you're tabling or you're in any kind of situation where it's playful, low stakes theoretically. Um, you're meant to feel very free. And um, and I also wrote something else down. And I was, I'm, then I'm curious about your reaction to this. Um, okay. So what I wrote down is the idea that uh, another continuum. <clears throat> on one end, I am having fun. And on the other end, others are having fun. <laughs> and then in the middle, is it is this is I'm having fun? Maybe is it a continuum or or is this a shape? 
where there's forces in between. Anyway, so it, the dot in the middle is is or it's like, am I am I having fun with? Am I having fun against? Or am I neutral? Right? Or is this neutral as far as others? Is there a tension there? Right? Where that whole that whole service mindedness tricking yourself about your you know is it, is it about you? Is it about your audience? I don't know. Where do you where do you find that fun? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of places to find that fun. And I, and I think this also goes back to uh, our episode we did recently uh, about motivations. Chris Watkins' uh, prompt about like, well, wait a minute. If we're not supposed to measure our value based on exterior factors, then why share the work at all? And I think you and I said like, well, I think it's okay to want people to like your stuff. I think it's okay to want to be liked. There's a lot of good reasons that we want that, but it should be part of a constellation of motivations, right? Um, so when you talk about like, well, am I doing this for me? Am I doing it for them? Well, yes and yes. And how much of it you're doing it for you or doing it for somebody else kind of changes your relationship with the thing that you're doing, right? So like when I'm doing a project for a deadline, um, that rather for like professional work that has a deadline and a client and somebody whose expectations I have to meet, um, my relationship with that work is very different. There is like a high degree of anxiety around that work. I'm, I'm, I've, I've said before, I think publicly that, you know, I didn't envy Anne when we were working on rockets together because I, I get very, very wound tight about, and I think about the work all the time and I'm playful in a very intense way. Right. Uh, where it's like, let's be playful with this thing, but let's also ship it on time, you know? Um, but, and that's, that's something where it's very service driven. I want to be of service to this group of people and I'm going to let that shape a lot of how I interact with it. But then going in the other direction as it becomes more about me and my own personal expression. And I'm thinking about somebody joyfully in engaging with this thing, but it's up to them and not up to me. I have no control over this, where this thing lands. Um, that becomes more relaxed and joyful and, uh, and it, it reconnects me with why I fell in love with this activity in the first place, you know? Um, but we, but, we've had similar uh, yeah. thoughts surrounding mini comics. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that was yeah. something that occurred to me while we were talking about this is like, it's very related to like why I advocate making mini comics so much is it going back to what Robert Clemens Jr. said in the chat about like the best practice is tricking yourself to improve without knowing it. That's what, one of the reasons I like mini comics is that they do that in that the trick is, is that it's something that's easy to ship. And then you get that little endorphin burst of like, I shipped a thing. I have a finished thing in my hand. I have evidence. I have a, an artifact of my experience that I can pass around to other people to say, this is what I'm all about, right? This art drop thing, I think trips similar wires but in a different way, right? Where it's, it, you're leveling up, you're experimenting, you're playing, but then you get that little hit, that little buzz, because like I finished the thing and I took a picture of it and I posted it on Instagram and I hit it in a place and hopefully somebody finds it and enjoys it, right? So that you're still shipping a thing. It's not just an entry in a sketchbook, right? Although that is also a cool thing because a sketchbook becomes this gigantic artifact, this, this, this journal of your development and growth and exploration as an artist. So that's a different thing altogether. But mm -hmm. the sketchbook is not meant necessarily to be shared with other people in that way. Hmm. It also reminds me of uh, when I did 
<clears throat> I did the unblocking project where that was an entire year of low stakes uh, work. Just make a thing, share it publicly and yeah. do it every single day. And I did that was 2015. So it's been four years now. But that was, that was a ah, there's so th- different angles, different angles on this like low stakes playfulness with the skills you've built. Mm-hmm. It's like, why can't you have fun with these things too? Yeah. And incidentally, the more you do it, the more you're going to level up because you're practicing, you know, the, the fluency becomes more, more apparent to you. And you, you wind up finding yourself being more versatile to work in a variety of environments. Uh, and it, and it, again, it reconnects you with the, the joy of the act, activity itself rather than, you know, here's context. Where am I going to find the time to do this thing? Versus, hey, look, I'm, I happen to be riding my bike home from work and I can stop at this place real quick and do a quick little drawing. That'll be fun. It'll relax me before I go ahead home and start working on dinner and whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> once, so it's at least three times you have completed the sale. <laughs> uh, so nice work. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I, I want to close by saying I would never presume to tell anybody else how to live. All I've, all I've tried to do is just share why I'm excited about a thing. And if it winds up making somebody else want to do it too, cool. If not, well, you know, I'm doing my thing and I'm enjoying it. So. And, and yeah. And thanks for, thank you for sharing it. Um, this was, this was a fun exploration. Uh, cool. So th- th- did, does that mean we did a podcast? I think we did a podcast. <sighs> Goodness. That's my way of saying it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everybody who hung out with us today in the chat room and, and, and interacted with us. Uh, we record the show every week at Thursdays at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Central, and we stream it live on YouTube and then collect it as a podcast at leanintoart.com and patreon.com slash leanintoart. We will be back next week, I think, yes, uh, with another episode. Until then, I have been... Jersey Drozd of leanedtoart.com and Jersey Drozd on Instagram. Yeah, thank you, Jersey, for doing this. And I have been Rob Stenzinger of leanedtoart.com and Rob Stenzinger on Instagram. Okay, bud. Show notes for this episode can be found at leanedtoart.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at the user leanedtoart, and you can reach us via email at leanintoart at gmail.com. And remember, leaners aren't wieners. Thanks for listening.